0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Lost in Criterion. Today, I'll be your host, John Patrick Owatari-Dorgan, and... Hi, I'm Adam Glass. Okay, today we will be talking, we will be <laughs> discussing, I suppose, we will be discussing Hardboiled, John Woo's final Hong Kong film, um, starring Chow, uh, Chow Young fat as Inspector Tequila, the greatest named inspector of all time. <laughs> okay, we don't need to do that ever again for the See rest that, of it.
1: That well. song is, of course, always inexplicably, not inexplicably, incurably, I suppose is the word I wanted, uh, tied to uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> yes,
0: um, which, <laughs> which is unfortunately. it's
1: an iconic scene. Which is
0: unfortunately <laughs> not a part of the Criterion collection. A major oversight. Oh, it really should be.
1: I mean, well, yeah, definitely. Well, we'll have to do an entire episode <coughs> you know when we're done going through the other 600. 615 movies we have left
0: so um, when, we'll when do an entire
1: episode when we're 95 years old to, uh, we yeah, can do that and two movies that christmas vacation have been admitted <laughs> yeah christmas <laughs> vacation should also be in there none of the other vacation movies no, really christmas, it's just christmas vacation really hit their, they,
0: they they hit, hit, hit their stride anymore. and then completely lost it with the next one
1: This is John Woo's last Hong Kong film. Uh, he made it in 1992, uh, as Pat said. This is this is a bit of contrast to Kila here, Chow Yun-fat's character. Uh, I think this might be the first time he played... Uh, a, well, he's always the good guy, so to speak, but he's less an anti-hero in this. Well, I guess you could argue that, too. Anyway, he's a police officer instead of the normal criminal. Um... This is a movie very clearly inspired by Dirty Harry and Bullets and other such uh, over aggressive yeah, yeah. Police, <laughs> police officers movies. who do not follow the law. Yes. They don't need your rules, alright? They're out to catch bad guys. They'll solve the case.
0: I'll have your badge. And other things like that.
1: They'll solve the case after they lose their badge. But they'll never lose their gun. Or their cars. <laughs> <laughs> Bully we'll and Dirty Harry, so very very good movies. Like
0: Are they not in the Criterion <laughs> dirty collection? Dirty
1: Harry, I I don't. Dirty Harry has that. to be in the Criterion um, collection. It might be. We'll find we'll find out later. Um, don't want to take the time to type no, that out no. right now. Uh, John Woo is actually in this movie. Um, oh really? He plays a bartender who gives gives the main character advice. That is John Woo. Um, which is another fun fact for this That's a little part. Um, certainly he wasn't Hitchcockian in his <laughs> cameos in his own film, um, but he takes a, a fairly active role, giving giving advice to, to his main character. Um, this movie, I'll tell you what, um, I'm umming a lot. Yeah. I didn't like this movie as much as the other jong movies I've seen. I didn't either. Uh, it, it, it was much more... It was much more popular, from what I've read, much more popular in America than in Hong Kong. Um, And I think it's very clear why Uh, I have a more Hong Kong sensibility when it comes to John John Woo movies. Uh, There's a lot less symbolism in this movie and a lot more bloody, bloody violence.
0: Yeah, a lot more really nonsensical violence. I mean, we might as well get it out of the way right now, but I mean, my favorite line in the whole film is... There's no room for failure now. The innocents must die. Which is by far the least sensical statement ever made by any person in film, ever.
1: To be fair, though, we have to filter this through the fact that Pat and I could not find uh, legitimate... Uh, but... Uh, sub- <laughs> subtitled copies of this, so we both have terrible dumb versions that we watched we this know, past As we know, as
0: we've discussed um, off-air... I've seen this movie about four or five times, and yes. whether dubbed or subtitled, it is always translated as, there's no room for failure now, the innocence is. there. In. So, and then they start trying to shoot babies. <laughs> yes. And yes. it's really one of the most upsetting things about <laughs> this film for me, and I think probably part of the reason why you don't like it, is that the villain seems to have absolutely no reasonable motivation. Because in the other John Woo oh, films, absolutely. the main character is kind of a villain. He is an anti-hero. Um, and so you find yeah. yourself trying to understand his motivations for what he's doing. Whereas in this one, with Chao Young-fat playing the cop, so therefore the good guy, the bad guy just seems to be a set piece. He's just a, yeah. a talking head that tries to kill babies. It's really kind of a departure from yeah. it's it's, a pretty major departure from what John Woo is capable of doing with storytelling it's
1: weird to do that because you know like in The Killer uh, Chai Fat plays you know a a bad guy he's an assassin Uh, and therefore the bad guy is comedically over the top in his evilness not well over the top in his evilness not necessarily comedically uh, but but he's not as far away from Chow Yun Fat as as they are in this right, movie. There's, right. there's a huge gulf between the moralities, or at least the the suggested moralities of uh, of our good guys and our bad guys, so that it's just it's much more disconcerting. Right, right. Like when he does something. And they're much more evil in this movie than they've ever been.
0: Yeah, and what we're really looking at here in this one is that in the other films, we have comic book-esque villains who are over the top, mm-hmm. whereas in this one, we have villains yes. who are straight-up comic book villains. They don't have reasons yes. for what they do. They just are evil because evil is... Like, I mean, it's yeah. a Captain Planet scenario, basically, in my mind. It's like... Why was... do we pollute? We pollute because polluting is polluting, and it's great. Or so, you know what I mean? It's like, yes. where you wonder, why is this guy doing this? There's no motivation for him to do this, except for to be, a, you know, an adversary for the main character.
1: So, but I was, I was thinking about this, because um, we've had a lot of time between when we first watched this uh, with the intention of recording, and when we're actually making this recording. Um... Uh, singing a lot, and the overtopness about this. Um, well, Dirty Harry, you know, is sort of film noir turned up to eleven. Right. Um, this is Dirty Harry turned up
0: to (laughs) eleven. Oh man.
1: There's uh, there's somebody at home do the math on that at all? It's it's a bunch of it's a bunch of homage and just. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I, I suppose there's there's a sort of art in that there is but and of course all of the action sequences all of the action sequences are still john wu action sequences they're as intricate as any ballet
0: um, right but you like, get into the question is like what made just... john wu films good was it the action sequences or was it the the symbolism that he kind of buried under 800 pounds of uh shoot 'em ups yeah. you know and i think that's an important yeah question that we get into is that like I honestly think that the I mean like I really enjoyed the killer I mean as an example of that his skill at hiding some pretty deep thoughts under a lot of violence and you just don't get that with this film you don't get a feeling that there is anything deeper beyond this is the bad guy bad guys deserve to die yeah
1: exactly and I was, I was thinking about that, too. Um, and I I want to believe that I've just been thinking about this movie way too long. Because we've had two weeks. to make myself like it more. Because we've had, well, three weeks now since I first watched it. Um, and normally it's like four days. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, for me, it's usually a day. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Given that it's John Woo's last film in Hong Kong...
0: (laughs) I like the way we say it makes it sound like Um, he's dead all the time. Every time I say it, it's like his last film in Hong Kong.
1: Well, considering the first movie he made in America was Face Off, I think he might as well be dead. You
0: mean a cinematic masterpiece that is Face Off? I assume that's part of the Criterion Collection.
1: Face Off Off went back to his general general, uh, sense of uh, artistry. I mean, Face Off had all of the John Woo... Uh, symbolism tropes. It had churches. It had doves. It that's had candles. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So, so it, it is interesting in that he went he went back to that. But this being, you know, it's 1992. It's it's Hong Kong. There's a sort of sense of urgency in this movie, and maybe the sort of over the top villainy and the urgency that we never we never really slow down in this movie is just action, 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 and we never have a chance to... There's not a lot of characters. Development. Yeah, not even for our, our, our main, characters, main characters. Yeah. Yeah. Our two main characters who meet and become friends almost meet too late in the movie and start respecting, respecting each other too late in the movie for that to actually play out as a friendship. Like in The Killer, we have the cop and Yun Fat, they become fast friends because they respect each other. We don't get to a point where they're starting to respect each other until the final hotel or not hotel hospital sequence. And it's just it's not there's not enough time. But I was thinking about the urgency and about this sort of comedic evil, uh in respect to you know, one of the reasons that John Woo is getting out of Hong Kong is the fact that it's going back to Chinese rule in nineteen
0: ninety seven. Oh, okay. I hadn't thought about uh, that. And
1: you know, currently they're Hong Kong in 1992 under British rule, kind of, but more autonomous. Um, and they're still autonomous to an extent now, and they're much, of, but they are much more autonomous than anyone expected them to be in 1997. Yeah, there
0: was a lot of. I mean, I remember the news discussions <laughs> of what will become of Hong yeah. Kong.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of hand wringing and a lot of worry, and it's it's kind of. You know, living what you can before this apocalyptic end, I suppose. Um, that is China taking back over, taking the country back
0: well, over. Oh, and especially if you're an artist, uh, you have maybe, to look at like he had to have been looking at yeah. what was going, what goes on in mainland China as relates to art, and yeah. said, "Well, there is no freedom of art. <laughs> Do I want to be a part of that?" Yeah, I got to yeah. get the I got to get the heck out of Dodge. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So I, I can understand his wanting to leave, and and that sense of urgency, wanting to leave, kind of I feel it's maybe reflected in this movie, uh, in a weird way. And I hope I'm not just overthinking it, uh, but this is this is obviously a very marked difference from anything he made before and anything he made after. So maybe maybe there is a reason.
0: Yeah, that. yeah, but then um,
1: and obviously. No, go ahead. Communist China has always been this sort of red herring. Ha ha! Communism was just a red herring. Um,
0: you are fired at him.
1: Uh, of this, you know, I <laughs> quoting Clue. But anyway, communism, communist China is is still today this this sort of you know um, over the top villain uh, in a lot of a lot of Western thought, and Hong Kong is a very western city for as obviously eastern as it is as well but being under more direct british rule and certainly having more westernization in its politics and structure and social structure uh than anything surrounding it directly uh, I don't know. It's just it was something interesting to think about, and then I ruminated on it for too long. Yeah, and now it's the only thing <laughs> we can, it's think, all about, I can yeah. think about when we talk about this. Well, movie. okay,
0: so let's get into yeah. some of the, I guess, the other elements of the film because basically what we've said so far is this is almost not a John Woo film. Like it is, yeah. but it's yeah. not. And so, let's. I mean, I don't know. What are the other
1: topics we can talk about?
0: This, this podcast is only going to be <laughs> fifteen minutes long.
1: My job. <laughs> My Dove has a lot of terrible lines, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> such as uh, uh, when it's suggested that Tequila's is going to have to sleep at his jazz club, uh, and that's that's the one the one bit of art is that uh, we have uh, he plays what's he play the clarinet? Uh,
0: yeah, maybe. I'm gonna um, go with fluteophone. He's,
1: he's, <laughs> he's a jazz musician. Fluteophone. For yes. those of you who don't uh, know, what we played character in fourth
0: grade in Ohio.
1: Yes, the recorder, or flutophone. Um, <laughs> it's a terrible thing. Um, anyway, uh, he, he's a jazz musician, nonetheless, um, which is, you know, a very a very Western influence as well. In and I city. would say
0: a very John Woo um, thing. It's, about, it's one of yeah, the few yeah. things that is very John Woo-esque. That like, oh, our main character is yeah. a hard-nosed cop, but also a jazz aficionado.
1: Yes. So we open on a jazz concert, and it's, it's that bit of contrast from the jazz concert to the violence of the movie. It's one of the few points of art in the entire thing. And,
0: and, we, um, and that points to a universe where if he, we wonder if he was headed towards his normal style and then something happened. Like, something made him change his mind, or... You know what I mean? Because, like, that feels like a John Woo setup, right? Like, it doesn't feel like... When you first start the film, it doesn't feel like we're going into something that's radically different than what he's usually producing.
1: Yeah. Oh, I wrote a terrible thing in my notes. Uh, and I'm gonna have to say it. So we got that opening jazz concert, and then we segue into this quiet breakfast stakeout, um... As they watch an arms dealer make his arms deals, um, and then and then they they start this fight, and one of them throws tea on on one of the one of the guys. It's uh, and uh, they start this fight, and Tequila's partners killed in the fight, uh, but along with like a ton of other people. And and what I wrote here is, I mean, I realize that this is Hong Kong and the Chinese just grow on trees there, but seriously. <laughs> How many casualties can we just not care about? Oh, I,
0: but I mean that's that's <laughs> par for the course with like a John Woo film, though, right? Is you have to wonder like, doesn't anybody care that there's a pile of bodies?
1: It's turned up so much yeah, here, yeah. though. Like thirty people die in that first sequence, and it's in a public tea house.
0: That's true. It's, yeah, it's not even a
1: like at least at least at the end of the killer where a hundred people die. <laughs> it's at a secluded church, and they're all bad guys. Yeah,
0: yeah. But yeah, here it's just like this is just people at the tea house. Yeah.
1: Give a guy a gun and he's Superman. Give him two and he's God. That's one of the one of the first quotes after that scene. Wow. I missed um, that one. But he like you know he's he's sliding down the banister, shooting people. He <laughs> emptying like two clips as as the crowd of people on the stairs that he's trying to get by. It's, just, it's a completely ridiculously over the top violent sequence, and it's very John Wu in that obviously but yeah
0: again, we have like the element of like all kinds of innocent people in the way. This is not necessarily yeah. his style hundred yeah. percent like you know what I mean like it yeah. it does have a different even that has a bit of a different feel to it
1: but it really because does.
0: like it you know really the does. other one you know when um, we watch the killer as you pointed out. We do see a lot of mowing down, but there's a, almost a deliberate representation in that film of even nobody is having these gunfights in front of huge crowds of, I guess you could call them civilians, you know? But then it yeah. doesn't...
1: Even when they have their gunfights in public, like on that beach in the Yeah. Theater. they have a gunfight on the beach, but there's no one else on the beach except that little girl who he takes to the Yeah,
0: hospital. exactly. That's what I mean. It's like, it's a public place, but there's then a, suddenly one. they've managed to clear all the people out. They're just not there.
1: So. Yeah. So, it's, it's, I mean, maybe that's a point of how this guy is just, that this guy is so bad. Our bad guy in this movie is so bad that he'll, he'll allow this sort of thing to happen. But it, it doesn't. Our good guys are the ones who instigate this gunfight. Right,
0: exactly. So you get into this like, sure, oh, okay. Sure,
1: escalates.
0: Yeah, our our bad guys.
1: Yeah, it escalates, but still. And then, and then tequila kills our our main baddie here. But he was a state witness, so he gets reprimanded by our very stereotypical uh, <laughs> yeah
0: police chief sort of
1: movie. Uh, you're off. You're off the case, sort of police chief.
0: <laughs> I'll have your badge yeah but yeah
1: I mean you can't you can't solve the murder <laughs> until you've been taken right off right it's this, impossible that's how this stuff and, works
0: and really
1: even though this isn't a murder mystery yeah at all.
0: and then yeah well that's yeah it's not it doesn't it has a lot of those weird feels to it like it has a lot of those tropes but then yeah. it, there's no mystery we know exactly who the bad guy is from moment one
1: yeah, we know who the bad guy is. We know, we know. You know, they're very baseline motivations, but we know Tequila's <laughs> motivations.
0: <His laughs> well, we died. don't really know the bad um, guy's motivation except for evil
1: is fun. No, we don't. He's he's evil. He's like you said, he's, he's very much, is he's, he's very much he's a, a cabin planner or
0: like a Ni- teenage mutant he's, ninja turtles bad guy or something like that. He's just he's
1: he's polluting the oceans because of <laughs> yeah
0: right, right because of money. Yes, I was like, wait,
1: there's a disconnect here.
0: It, yeah, well, like, and we know he's an arms dealer, but, like, yeah. being an arms dealer doesn't clearly connect to killing babies. As far as I can tell. <laughs> so I don't see like, where... I, again, exactly. it's like, why do you kill babies? In, in what Money. what What?
1: <laughs> I do it for reasons.
0: <laughs> I, I, have, it for I, have reasons. I have my reasons. <laughs> I have, like, what?
1: 12 reasons i could name them but I but don't. here's the
0: thing and we get oh gosh we i think we've gone back into a loop into what we were talking about originally but i get into this question it's, there's really nowhere right else to go yeah like this, i know so. but it, i'd like i mean i guess we need to talk about something else right we can't talk about how annoying the fact that there is no plot to this film <laughs> is for 50 minutes um but like no like you get into the uh now i lost my train of thoughts so it doesn't matter Basically, I don't like the fact that... The, I, I just don't like it. It, 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 it. Oh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, man, this is the worst podcast ever. Um, we get into the fact that, like, why was this movie so popular in the United States? Relatively speaking, compared to his other... Like, yeah. because I don't... Our American audiences dumb? I mean, it's a legit... I well, mean, I'm not trying to be mean. Uh, I'm just trying to like, figure out, like, I mean, I am American audience. But I don't understand why a film the only film he made lacking character development symbolism and any meaningful plot development is the popular one is it just because the violence got cranked up to why 11 did, times 11
1: why did he come to america why did he come to america and immediately make you know face off it's the era of american action movies and you know john wu himself kind of kicked it off in a in a sort of perverted way by the time it got to america but, you know, The Killer and, and John Woo's earlier Hong Kong work are clearly influences on late 80s, early 90s uh, American action food, movies. You know, Die Hard. I guess
0: that's true. Komei, um, finally, in Gunkata, yeah. as we discussed yeah. in The Killer.
1: Um, and we, we get to that. Um, terrible concept. Um, but, uh,
0: <laughs> but, but the greatest movie ever made.
1: So... Uh, so it's kind of this it's this cross cultural and and ebb and flow of influence uh that's kind of spiraling around the dream really you know he But
0: yeah that's the weird thing is it's 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 spiraling out of control into more and more just negligent filmmaking yeah. like I mean it basically somehow converted a pretty decent filmmaker into Yeah at least for one movie into like Basically, a combination of uh, Michael Bay and Uwe Boll. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's and that's weird
0: of the action movie world.
1: And again, I mean, we're we're spiraling ourselves again, as you said. But
0: yeah, why well, let's just face the fact This is going to be fifty minutes of us complaining about no, that plot. We're
1: going to talk in circles about how neither of us <laughs> really, really understood what's going Understands on. Understands
0: why this film is popular.
1: Um, you know, at the at the same time, you know, the next face off is. You know, for all of the terribleness of face-off, that the, I think can principally fall, fall on the fact that it starred Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Um, I
0: refuse to believe that that's the problem. Nicolas Cage is the greatest actor on the planet. Um, God's gift you, to acting. You,
1: you, you can believe that if you want, Pat. Uh, it's not true, but you can believe <laughs> that if you want.
0: Have you seen The Rock? Have I seen what? The Rock.
1: The Rock. The Rock. Um, no, but we'll watch it later. It's on the Criterion List. Is it really? No, I have seen The Rock. It it, it really is. I'm not sure why. Except Nicolas Cage's Sean performance. The in it. I don't
0: know. No. Nicholas Cage's performance.
1: Nicholas Cage's performance is what gets The Rock under the... Oh, I am <laughs>
0: sure of it, man. He really oh. cranked his Nicholas Cage-ness up to 11 on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. Let's stop talking about Nicholas Cage. <laughs> anyway, He's not even in this film.
1: Um... Plot-wise, plot, wise, plot wise, uh, for all its, you know, not making sense at all, Face Off is, you know, a, a slightly better movie <laughs> than this. Um, a certainly, yeah, more of a romp yeah. than this is. Uh, face Off does some ridiculous things, um, and I'm not really sure on the symbolism of Face Off and the Castor and Pollux and blah blah blah. There's a lot of heavy-handed symbolism in in, in Face Off. Which but is, there is you know, symbolism. a swing back yeah it's a swing back uh, for John Wu though I mean though all of the Christian symbolism and the and the church and the everything of the killer um, that we don't get here at all in in hard-boiled and I feel I'm a little disappointed on that we we were only talking about hard-boiled uh, compared to other works of the same director but at the same time, it's just, it's such a dip for him, in my opinion, that I think that's the only way I can talk about this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, it, unfortunately, this is just the main yeah. thing. I mean, so like, I literally, I remember the first time I watched this film was specifically so I could hear that line.
1: Because yeah. everybody
0: I knew told me it was the greatest line in film history. And legitimately, it is one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my oh, entire
1: yeah. life. It's, it's hilarious. It's, it's absurd. It I mean, be it does Well, it's, that's what makes it so hilarious. Absurdity. Yeah.
0: It's like it's like hearing, you know, the Captain Planet villains shout like, "We must pollute the ocean" or something like that. It's yeah. It's evil without no sense. Point. It's when well, it, yeah. it's really upsetting. I think for maybe a little bit more upsetting for modern moviegoers is. Film has, I think, over the last few years taken a slightly more, maybe a little bit better turn towards making sure that, I mean, you still get, like, real popcorn flicks, but you, I feel like there are more, there, recently there have been a presence in the more mainstream media of kind of a little bit artsier films that bother to have plot and character development are breaking through to the mainstream and... (laughs) <laughs> so like I There's feel a, like
1: a lot of them do it very poorly, but Yeah,
0: but at least they tried and at least this trying. is such <laughs> a for a modern moviegoer I feel like this is absurd. I mean it's it, yeah. it it strikes everybody who hears it as absurd. There's nobody who watches this and says yeah. Well unless you're five years old, because when you're five years old you expect your villains to be villains because villains yeah. are villains. It's right? a very but, it's
1: a very childish it's a very childish explanation of, of bad guys. I mean even the devil has motivations. Um, right,
0: and but our, somehow our bad guy in this film has none.
1: Our bad guy here is just evil for evil's sake. And not not even evil for the fun of being evil. Right, he's not that even a lunatic. Not.
0: He's not even a psychopath. He's yeah. I mean he obviously is, but I mean he's
1: that's he's, not the he's excuse.
0: Bad. Yeah, he's he doesn't justify himself in any way. And yeah, then we get really... into a serious question of why on earth would the henchmen follow these orders? <laughs> yes, like well, I mean, it's a serious question. Boss. Like I mean, that's a that's another sort of GI Joe Captain Planet trope that you see in this. Is like, why are these bad guys even following this main bad guy, who apparently yeah. can't even figure out <laughs> who who earnestly believes profit and baby killing are connected?
1: yeah well it's it's a weird sort of uh stair step though from the end of the killer um because we have it's kind of almost a logical progression in in the illogic of all of this but with the killer you know we've lost there's a certain amount of lament in on the bad guy side on the well the bad guy side well since since Charlie and fats character is, is strictly speaking you know, a bad guy as far as moral standards go. Um, but we get this the sense in the killer that the organization that of the bad guys uh, has been going downhill. There's less yeah, respect. You do. There's less there's less honor uh, and maybe maybe this movie is just we've hit that brick wall. Well, yeah, and you kind of... so little honor that there's no reason for anything they do except to be bad.
0: I really like this idea where we've, we've built more of, like, like a John Woo scape rather than just a... Yes. Individual films, they're all connected. And it's a, the, all His entire Hong Kong film collection <laughs> is the descent Maybe. from an orderly crime organization that, that is based in some sort of culture to just rampant evil. Hmm. No, let's go with that. That yeah, thing sure, that we made not? up that is totally not true. <laughs> I feel like That's this is the same thing. What, happened. What, what, what film? What film did we watch before that we read way too much into? Oh, I can't remember. Oh. Uh, where we, like, created remember. this universe where, like, it was all connected and logical. We're dangerous, Adam. <laughs> I we should I, not I, have I, three weeks to think about a film.
1: Listen, listen, all right? This is what... Literary and film criticism is about reading way too much into symbolism and making things up to fill in the gaps. Right, to
0: make it all fit together. I like to call it literary criticism.
1: Here. I know what I'm talking about.
0: I really legitimately think we've... Maybe John Woo doesn't think about it this way, but I think okay. we have created all right. the John Woo-averse.
1: Alright, alright. Where, where quick, it's all though, connected. I want something else we can read too much into. Okay. Let's let's focus on the fact that the gun in the library murder scene, the assassination scene, the gun was hidden in the complete works of Shakespeare.
0: Was it? I wasn't even paying attention. Yes. I think I probably zoned out during that part.
1: <laughs> probably. So I think we let's ruminate on the fact <laughs> the that the fact that Shakespeare uh, the leads weapon. to death. <laughs> yes, Shakespeare Shakespeare leads to death. <laughs> I don't maybe, see any major maybe problems
0: with that as a philosophy in general.
1: As it works into the rest of the film, high art is bad, which is why we avoid high art in the movie. Like the plague. <laughs> yes, like the plague. Uh, allusions to high art, okay, but make sure we know that it'll lead to death.
0: Right, right. It is, it is the, final, it's the final straw. If you get into high art,
1: you're going to die. <laughs> yes, yes. Shakespeare is killer. Man reading a book quietly in the library, shot in the head by Shakespeare.
0: There you go. It's all connected. John Woo, yeah, genius. Probably.
1: Okay, uh, one thing I did respect about this movie uh, that we definitely need to talk about, though. Um, I, obviously, it's still John Woo, so there's a lot of great moments of cinematography, but there's one standout sequence here. Um, during during the uh, last uh, the last fight scene um, there is a solid three minute tracking shot uh, that is one fight sequence um, after, after Tequila and, uh, and the other cop meet up and they're fighting side by side through the hospital <laughs> and they're diving oh, yeah. through windows and over counters but it's solid three minutes and it's one shot and they even i mean they go onto an elevator and the elevator closes and the elevator opens and the shot continues back off the elevator um as it's ridiculous and it's ridiculous that obviously you know being a tracking shot all of that came together in one take
0: i huh. need to ask you a question though have you ever seen yeah. Ong Bak Thai Warrior i believe it is it is its american I have title
1: i have not i i uh
0: I assume that this this cinematography in Hard Boiled, and John Woo likes these sort of tracking shots anyway, is the inspiration. But it has a, I don't know how many minute long tracking shot that's very similar. And I would say takes it to like another level where you see the main character climb a spiral building from bottom to top that's got to be like 12 story stall. I may, be, I may be misremembering it, but it was I remember it being a tracking shot where I was like, are you serious? Are we still going? Yeah. But this one has the same it feel, is- and I mean, I know that Ang Bak is derived from it, but having seen it taken yeah. again to 11, it's like, wow, this is a pretty amazing shot.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, even, even if, if shots exist that are longer and more impressive, and certainly many, many do, um, even, even in a sort of action sequence idea, uh, watching someone, you know, three solid minutes, at least, if not more, maybe even closer to five, I think there's there's one jump cut in the middle and then we pick up the tr- same tracking shot again um, with essentially, you know, for another minute and a half, two minutes. Um, it's jaw-droppingly no, impressive.
0: No, it, it's, it's amazing. That they pulled it off. And it makes you realize that, like, as far as actual directing abilities... Rather than, like, ability to... Because, like, you know, I mean... John Woo probably didn't write the script for this film. So, the complete lack of plot development is probably not his fault. Uh, It was his maybe his fault for not making somebody rewrite it so that it actually had a plot and character development. But, I mean, as far as directing ability, I mean, the man knows how to make an action film. There's no argument there. I mean, it's... As far as action... The actual action cinematography goes it's amazing
1: um. yeah i you know i uh, thinking about it more i i don't think it's i think he would kind of set out to make a sort of mindless thing yeah. you know obviously the heavy dirty harry influence dirty harry's a pretty mindless movie um Uh, Always, at least there's a sense of mystery almost in Dirty Harry, but it's still a pretty, pretty mindless film. But just the name "Hard Boiled" suggests uh, it. It pulls this sort of noir stereotype, and you know they're dime store novels. It's the hard boiled detective. That's
0: true. Um, Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, maybe that was him saying, like, "Look, this is just going to be an action film. I don't want it to be anything else."
1: Yeah, I mean it's pulp. It's uh, hard boiled detectives are are pure pulp, and pulp isn't. It, it's art in its own way, but it's art in such a lowest common denominator way. Yeah, it's not. It's not meant to be anything more than what it is.
0: Right, and you get into the thing that about pulp being that like the entire concept as a whole is artistic, but the individual products of it are not really, in their own right, artistic. So
1: Yeah. And they're supposed to, you know, one 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 thing noir has that, that this kind of doesn't, traditional noir, is, is very gritty and very realistic, whereas this is very gritty but not very realistic in its grittiness. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah,
0: and that's, that's its own, yeah. But that's the thing is, like, yeah. I mean, I guess it, you could say that it is a John Woo interpretation of pulp. Like, taking the element that he's good at from Pulp and just cranking it to the point where it's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, and I guess if you do not, if you kind of leave your brain at the door a little bit, as far as the story and everything is concerned, it's an enjoyable film. I mean, like I said, I've seen it multiple times. And it's fun. It's a fun movie to watch just because like yeah. i mean the action doesn't stop it's and and but it, the action it's weird because we talk about action films and like you get into other more recent action films which i find hard to watch for the most part because i don't like the whole shaky cam and everything like that but yeah his action yeah. sequences that, are perfectly watchable that you can follow what's going on but they're intense they don't stop i mean they they're what i consider Good action sequences. So, I mean, as, yeah. from that standpoint, it's a very watchable movie. I'm not going to say that it's not.
1: Oh, well, it's certainly it's certainly watchable, but it's not it's not watchable on an intellectual level. No, like more a lot of his other work. Another another thing that you know a lot of John Woo movies hit that this doesn't. There's no sense of redemption, but there's no sense of a need for redemption. The right, time, the good guy is a good guy
0: from the beginning.
1: Yeah. Our, our main character is the good guy, um, and even though he does things that, um, from a complete baseline standpoint, are morally questionable, um,
0: because he's a cop in a they, film, they is, are not questionable.
1: Yeah, yeah. This is not this is not the way we would want our police to function in real life. <laughs> but this is a way this is a way we want our police to function in. Movies,
0: right? In fantasy, we want police who do not stop yeah. for anything and kill want, bad guys.
1: Yeah, yeah. We want police who are going to get the job done no matter what. And as such, we we cheer for Tequila even when he makes you know <laughs> extremely murders.
0: questionable decisions. Yeah. Which brings us yeah. to an interesting shooting point. Up, we are not Hong Kong natives. We don't know. Perhaps
1: this is realistic. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it was very realistic. Listeners, please. Yeah,
0: listeners, please phone in and let us know what 1992 Hong Kong
1: was like. (laughs) I really feel like we would know uh, if. If (laughs) If there was a place on Earth where this sort of thing happened. Yeah, (laughs) there would have been like travel advisories or something. Within the last 20 years. Um, Like,
0: don't go to Hong Kong you'll get shot. We
1: we were seven at the time, so. (laughs) Yeah, maybe we missed it.
0: Maybe, like, maybe, maybe the reason just, this movie is so popular bigotives. is because, like, all over the news in the United States is, like, first accurate documentation of Hong Kongian daily life <laughs> from John Woo. <laughs> just people being murdered for well, no reason think, in tea shops. You, th-
1: you think they'd be welcoming the communist rule, then.
0: Yeah, right? I mean, <laughs> like, anything to get you out of that nightmare world where you could just get shot at a yeah. tea house for no reason.
1: Yes. Ah... Oh. Because I'm of so empty bird cages
0: and stuff. I don't know.
1: You know what? We're American. We're allowed to believe that.
0: I'm I'm going with it. I'm going... This is document. Or... Uh, this is a doc... A documentary. Man. Speaking yes. English is hard.
1: You don't get enough practice.
0: I, I would like to mention that my native language is actually Transylvanian.
1: Transylvanian? Uh, I don't think there is a Transylvanian. Language, <laughs> That's what you think. Let's go with it. Uh, it's gonna get me off the. Ho- it's
0: gonna get me off the hook for all pronunciation and grammar mistakes from now on, though. I'm sticking with it.
1: There we go. There we go. Um, maybe I. 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 I'm thinking, compared to a lot of movies I've seen recently, and I have watched a lot of movies in the last few weeks. Um. I think this sort of hard-boiled, very unpretentiously displays its its movie it's, its tableau,
0: well it, violence yeah and not really trying to be artistic at all which in some yeah. ways is kind of a relief since when I mean, you consider some of the other films yeah. we've been watching recently yeah. man and, and some of those are hard to watch <laughs> let me tell you
1: i think i mentioned last time that that i i saw prometheus recently and you're, you know, earlier uh, in the you're dating this the podcast. We're not going to release
0: this for six months, Adam, yeah, that's or okay. a year.
1: That's okay.
0: They're going to be like okay. Prometheus. I what's know. that?
1: We'll talk about. Pr- I don't think Prometheus is going to be forgotten.
0: <laughs> we should just talk months. about it in
1: every episode um, from now on. Yeah, we should. From now on, it's, I will compare every <laughs>
0: every film we've will be seen. compared to Prometheus, to Prometheus and uh, and uh, uh P. E. Herman's uh, Big
1: Adventure. Big Adventure. Yeah, <laughs> like that dates it. Um, yes, we recorded all of these in 1980s. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Though every movie really confused. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, uh, what I'm what I'm getting at is even earlier in this very conversation, uh, we we acknowledge that more movies are going for an artistic style, and even where they, even when they fail, um, it's not necessarily... At least they tried. Prometheus. I wish hadn't tried. I really wish Prometheus was just an unpretentious,
0: only <laughs> an action if, film.
1: Alien Alien was an unpredictious alien action movie. Oh, and
0: that's one of my favorite movies.
1: And it's, it's a great movie because of it. Prometheus tries to do something, and then it doesn't work. Well,
0: and then um, I guess that brings us to the question, is Hard Boiled a great film because it does not care that it is just action?
1: I'm not so sure.
0: Yeah, it's a really tough decision.
1: Yeah. I don't think um, we're qualified
0: to make it. But we're going to anyway, because that's because now we're critics. I even have yes. an official hat.
1: You have the critics hat. Yes, I, I got it in the mail yet. the other day. I I need to call somebody.
0: Yeah, it probably got lost or something.
1: It's really annoying when that happens. Yeah. Anyway,
0: ah, uh, <sighs> I totally derailed your whole Prometheus thing. Sorry. <laughs>
1: No, no, it's fine, because I need to not ruminate anymore on Prometheus, and I could, I could talk for another hour about Prometheus. Which is not a Criterion <laughs> Collection film, Adam. That is, that is not something we want to do, and that is not a movie, I pray that that movie never ends up in the Criterion Collection. I give it a month. Um, well, it's, it's very visually stunning, um, but it's not. How it's long not do you think 30. it'll be before Avatar becomes a Criterion Collection film?
0: Um, I'm being totally serious about this right now because of i don't know. visual stunningness the movie worst recently, movie ever
1: but they're like simultaneously filming three sequels to avatar what yeah i don't know that's apparently that's what that's what james cameron does now he makes avatar movies
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh the Avatar-averse. oh yeah that's a terrifying... Which is a
1: little disappointing because I was really looking forward to James Cameron's Prometheuses. <laughs> yeah, um, right? To hopefully make a little more sense of this of this movie.
0: I, well, yeah, but then we get into the possibility of avatars... Avatars? No. No, I can't accept that avatar's-es. pronunciation. No. I'm Transylvanian, remember? Um,
1: Avatari? Avatari?
0: Yeah, there you go. Atari? Atari, there we go. <laughs> The the sequel to the hit summer film
1: Avatar Atari. Boop boop yes. boop 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 uh, as testament to how little we liked Hard Boil. We have nothing we have to, to say spent, about it. We're just making jokes we have now about spent Prometheus. The majority of this we're not even making jokes about Hardboiler. <laughs> we're making jokes about James Cameron's career, <laughs> the works of Ridley Scott, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, and the name Tequila
0: yeah so i mean is there anything else, do you have anything else to say about hardboil
1: i have i have i really i really don't we think
0: should do. mention how awesome the dubbing was in our version if you are going to listen to this podcast in conjunction with watching the film i mean, i don't recommend that um,
1: I, I don't recommend watching the Criterion version of this movie. Is that what we're getting? I to? recommend terrible going
0: dub. and finding the one with the dubs because, if nothing else, yeah. the female lead in that film has the greatest voice acting ever done.
1: So she is the most annoying woman I've ever heard. That like, f- go to your local brick and mortar video store. Uh, find one that exists. Uh, it might be in a bad neighborhood. <laughs> it might be close. Just um, and break in. find a copy. <laughs> Probably all the movies will still be there. Trust me. We um, can't get rid of those things. At least this one will. And, uh, and go find Hard Boiled. It might be on VHS, but that's okay. You have um, a VHS player, I'm you sure. Use a VCR, you use a VCR to watch those. Um, you might have to go on a space adventure to find a, find a VCR. Or you may have to find a way to um, really,
0: like, you know... Jerry rig a uh, Betamax or something to make it do. it. Yeah, yeah. do whatever you have to do.
1: Thank you, thank you for completing my Cowboy Bebop reference.
0: <laughs> I do it,
1: and uh, yeah, so we get we get into this. Um, watch the movie like that, because at least you can laugh oh, at the terribleness of the, the voice
0: dogs. acting. Is wonderful. I love it so well honestly though, it kind of fits the notion of pulp really well. Oh yeah. It's,
1: oh, it's yeah. No, weird I'll go with that.
0: because it's it's very it does disconnect you from the film in a lot of ways because it is really bad. But at the same time, if you are trying to make a stereotypical, like noir pulp representation, it's perfect. That's that yeah. that semi Bostonian accent on that secretary, greatest thing ever.
1: Yes. Oh yes.
0: I, I no, can't I, even I, do it. Well you know what it is. You know whose voice it is. It's uh it's the secretary from Ghostbusters. It's almost exactly the same. <laughs> I don't remember who that actress is, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh uh, Ghostbos- I can't even do it I'm not even well, why am I gonna try to do it
1: it's a very very and oh it's it's a very east coast american it accent it's wonderful
0: um i that when i first heard bets. that i laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed i had to stop the film
1: yeah i think at the same time that sort of that really high body count and disregard for the safety of the general public is very very much a pulp thing too right so um,
0: it's, it's and right, fitting. Right now the
1: only image of that I can think of is there's a new movie coming out starring Josh Brolin and uh, um, Nick Nolte's in it about gangsters in 1930s, 40s uh, Hollywood. Uh, Sean Penn plays the head gangster. And Sean Penn's character is ridiculous. Oh, just from the previews, he's very clearly ridiculously over-the-top bad um, in this almost Scarfaceian way. Um, uh, but I think with less paranoia than Scarface. Well, Scarface. maybe less Scarface cocaine. Scarface still tried to be art. Um, yeah, the co- cocaine's a heck of a drug. Um, anyway, uh, but there's one, there's one scene in the previews, and the, and the movie is obviously going to be very over-the-top violent, but there's one scene in the previews where our bad guys, uh, in order to kill just Josh Brolin's character, at least that's the suggestion from the five-second clip I get, um, uh... He's in a movie theater, and five men with Thompson's shoot through the screen and step out from behind the screen, just blanketing the entire theater with bullets. I officially want to see this film. Um, uh, just to kill Josh Brolin's character. Uh, I cannot remember what it's called. That's a shame, um,
0: because we probably won't get it for another five years here in Japan. So
1: Yeah, I mean, you'll you'll be... You'll have...
0: We'll have finished the Criterion Collection by the time it comes out.
1: Yeah. By the time it comes out there. You'll have to move back to America to see it sometime.
0: (laughs) Right? Um, Move back for a month. Yeah. Watch all the movies I haven't seen. Go back.
1: It'll work. Uh, I'm not sure there's anything else I can say about Hard Boiled. Um, I don't have anything either. You know.
0: Man, people are going to be really disappointed with this episode. Maybe we need well, to add we, a song and dance number to that. Let's about, look back. Uh,
1: let's, let's look back at what we've done today, John. <laughs> okay. How about
0: you call me Pat, first of all?
1: <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I looked up your, your, your in like, your... I like how we've, here, we've known Peter, each other for how many <laughs> years? So I go to John for a second. And you called me the well, wrong Well, I was getting really thing. serious. I okay. thought I should... I was getting really serious. I thought I should... I was trying to be serious. Okay. Alright? Okay. I was trying to be serious.
0: Alright, Mr. Glass.
1: All right. Let's look back. No, you can call me by my actual first name, uh, Bouregard. Is it really? Uh, no. Why? Would... Why don't you even first name? That would be
0: at... so much better than Adam. Uh,
1: <laughs> it would be terrible. <laughs> it would be great. Uh, anyway, we've had so um, many let's... friends. We've uh, we've we've looked at hard-boiled. A movie neither of us liked <laughs> that we. Find I I would over the like top, to point out that I
0: never said that. I do not like okay, the fact that nah. there is no character development. I do not like the fact that the plot is nonsensical. But I actually do like the movie. I have never been disappointed okay, I, when I, I watched it. I okay. always enjoy it.
1: We'll give we'll give that we'll give it that we'll give it that. Um, uh, this is a movie I will probably never watch again. Mm, there you go. Uh, however, at the same time, we've we've talked about. Uh, East-West politics.
0: Prometheus. Um, we've talked about James Cameron. We've talked, we've talked about, about Avatar. We've talked about Pee Wee's Big Adventure. We've talked about
1: Christmas Vacation. To say, we've t- <laughs> I'm trying to get to the fact... We've, we've expounded on this. We've made this movie more than it is.
0: We've actually made this um, one of the longest podcasts. By, by
1: talking about... No, no, we're still we're we're still only at 45. But we minutes.
0: gave it more time to <laughs> Beauty and the Beast. Is it better than Beauty and the Beast?
1: We did. Um I would watch this again before watching that Beauty and the
0: yeah, Beast. Yeah, I guess so. I would have my fingernails pulled out with tweezers more before I would watch Beauty this and the Beast. This movie.
1: Again, <laughs> yes. Beauty and the Beast was all substance and no payoff. At least no. Beauty and the Beast actively subverted their own payoff. Yes. By having having the same actor play the Beast and play play the the other guy, whereas this one this intentionally just doesn't, doesn't seem doesn't to have poison it any itself. Yeah, this movie doesn't go for anything, but it doesn't poison itself, and that makes it better. Right, right. It
0: didn't create symbolism and then defy
1: it. Yeah, it just didn't bother to create symbolism. Yeah,
0: well, yeah, and again, like I said, like. Except if that, I had to you know, choose between this and the, John, the other John Woo films that I've seen, I would choose them first. But yeah, if somebody says we're gonna watch Hard Boiled today, for I don't know why, maybe <laughs> some sort of yeah, uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna let's, argue. Let's say it's a church event. <laughs> 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 if we're watching Hard okay. Boiled, I'm not gonna refuse.
1: Yeah. Yeah, if we're you know we're gonna have a potluck. Right. There's gonna be a maybe lot of maybe a chicken a lot of barbecue. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna watch Hard Boiled, <laughs> and then we're gonna sing Our God Reigns and go. Right there, you go. Uh, it's it's a perfect acronym. I'm actually kind of looking forward to this event. <laughs> all right, all right. Next time we're gonna talk about Walkabout. Is uh, that the next which one? Which is an Australian film. Okay. Uh,
0: Oh, I, I'm sorry I, yeah, I didn't realize the I watched one. them all but I don't remember the order so
1: yeah Walkabout and then and then later we'll talk about Seven Seal, and, and we'll go on down the list Walkabout 1971 directed by a British man set in Australia filmed in Australia um that movie's a trip and I'm sure we'll have much more to talk <laughs> oh, about symbolism wise well
0: we'll just have more to talk about <laughs> in general with that film
1: <laughs> yes we will so thank you for listening uh I'm going to go ahead and apologize for this week's episode. I have reprimanded Pat in the past for apologizing on our behalf. We really
0: legitimately need to I apologize for this episode.
1: We, we need to apologize this Don't listen this to this. Week. Why did you
0: listen to this? <laughs> it's too Yeah, right? It's too Like, late. Go back and retroactively make yourself not
1: listen to this episode. We've wasted the last 50 minutes of your life. Thank you, and good night. Yeah, good night.